and hello good people of the internet, it is I, Tommy Kelly, and this is Adventures Movie. In this episode, I'm just going to talk about stuff. Let's see what the topic is by the time I'm finished. First thing I want to show you is this. Arrived in the post yesterday, but it arrived after I did the video for yesterday. This is the bind sigil that Spud, from Tommy and Spud podcast, ha has made. And it's just on a nice piece of wood, it's engraved, stained, it looks brilliant. Um, we smell off it too. Uh, for those people who are into the olfactory uh, type pleasures. Um, he's making these, not just uh, the bind sigil, but uh, for any sigil you want. Uh, so I'll leave a link to his video all about that in the description below. It was originally going to be for, just for the Discord people, but uh, he wants to open it up to everyone because he's really enjoying doing it. So uh, they're quite cheap too, so um, get on that if that's something you want. He'll also go through, like do a kind of a Skype call with you if you want to uh, help create or co-create a sigil with him. Um, for whatever your intent is. I really like that sigil and I think even after the corona thing whenever that goes it's a it's a good bind sigil like as a protection sun and healing a generally good uh, all-round sigil not just for the times we live in but for all times. Perhaps maybe it'll become my first tattoo who knows. Now the next thing I want to show you is I got this. Now this is something that in normal <laughs> situations I wouldn't you know no way buy I bought this off uh, eBay and it's pine needles. Like Ireland's full of pine needles, but I can't get to a forest. <laughs> so I thought uh, as part of my God bothering of pan, I would bring the forest to me and uh, buy some pine needles. Now it's lovely. And I think I was going to do it as a kind of a potpourri offering to the great God pan. It's also going to put it as a kind of a, on my burner. Uh, I've shown this burner before. It's lit, so I won't move it. Um, a candle and it's got it like a mesh sheet on it so it's kind of like the essential oil burner but with a mesh sheet so you can burn resins and herbs and stuff like that. And I did try it and it's not tremendously successful so I might have to cut up or grind the pine up a bit more. So failing that I'll just get some um, incense, the uh, resin of pine and see how that goes. The other thing that arrived as part of my collection of CDs as magic totems is this. Black Star by David Bowie. Um, it's so easy, so easy and cheap, so easy. So cheap to buy CDs these days because you, know, you just get the second ad for like pennies. Like books now that you just, uh, you pay more in postage than you do uh, for the actual thing. But this is wonderful and uh, you forget that when you, know, you just download music or you Spotify music, there's the whole idea of uh, sleeve notes and that, that is uh, like going to be a very lost art and some great stuff, it's really well done. He looks, I should look. Uh, so yeah, not to play, because obviously I have it, um, but as a totemic um, uh, item. The other ones I have is Dr. D by Damon Albarn, which is a wonderful album if you haven't heard it already. And uh, then it's Twin Temples album. And the book behind me, I doubt you can see due to the exposure, but they're, uh, that's the thing. I don't know what my next one will be, or if, if maybe three is the complete set, who knows. In other news to, with my eyes, um, I think one of the reasons why I've kind of been not going full tilt into the comic stuff is that um, it's become very sore and stuff to spend long times on a computer. And um, I think that's a factor of like rather than opening up Clip Studio and getting into drawing, there's just kind of reluctance in it. This, this is going to be in some sense painful. It's very hard to describe what it is going to I can see fine. It's just I'm aware of seeing and everything is a bit too sharp. It's like when I look at the computer, Rather than it being, say, exactly blurry or whatever, I really can 
uh, see like the, the kerning or the rendering of the text and how bad it is. And any kind of low resolution image is really sore. It's, it's also, it's like, I tried to explain the optician. It's not that my, um, my eyesight seems to have got worse. In a sense, it seems to have gotten a lot better and I can't cope with it. <laughs> the very closest thing I can describe to it is that when you're hungover and everything, your eyes are just way more sensitive to, to everything in the way. Your, your brain in general gets way more sensitive, but light is a bit brighter, you know, um, certain colors are a bit sharper, that kind of thing. So I did get a lend of some reading glasses of my father-in-law just to see what the story was, what, what, what would it be? You know, if that is my eyes just fucked, like I said, just the thing. And they're horrible. They just make everything worse. So it's the same problem, only everything's much closer. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not um, sharp or smoothing off the edges or it's not making anything clearer. It's just making it closer. So I don't know, they're just a cheap pair of, you know, um, dollar reading glasses. So I doubt they're, they're going to be, you know, good representation of proper glasses. But that's when you just can't get to an optician. That's, that's the kind of stuff you have to try. I did start my map stuff yesterday, so I did the scanning thing. And I will be doing the next one today as part of trying to improve my eyes. And I've just been dousing my eyes in uh, eye drops and doing um, compresses and all of these things. And today was like at one stage it was really sore in lunchtime and I was very tired and very wear my eyes. And then in the afternoon it was fine. And it was more when I was very absorbed at what I was doing because I finally got around to learning Unreal Engine. And I've been doing putting together the different sets that I want and kind of once I was busy, and got into it, the whole kind of notion of my eyes just kind of went out the window and I didn't think of them at all, which is interesting. I wasn't aware of it. But anytime I kind of sit back and I'd have a, you know, go for a coffee, I'd become suddenly aware of my eyes again. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on with that or what the future holds for that, but hopefully I'll get into the opticians next week for no other reason other than to stop boring you silly about uh, this eye problem. I was up ten earlier on, I had to get dog food and turtle food, and I had just put the, the eye drops in my eyes. And it looked like I'd been crying and you could see the guy in the, in the counter in the shop. It's like, he's going, are you okay? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's not the, um, it's not depression or it's not the end of the world. It's just, you know, bad eyes. So yeah, um, the Unreal Engine's really cool. I spent um, all morning kind of going through a tutorial with these two guys and I was just completely lost in the whole thing. They were talking about stuff that I just had a notion about. And I just felt completely out of my depth and I've gone, no, I just want to know how to do this. And they would fly through things, you know, just open this distance. I was like, oh, will you stop? I felt like an old man screaming at the TV, will you slow down? But it turned out they were just terrible teachers because I went to then another um, tutorial on YouTube and it was just so straightforward and easy. And like, it was as if it was one of those things that someone who knows so much, but doesn't know how to teach it. Uh, it's just in a sense, they're just displaying how much they know. You know, it's they're not actually teaching you anything. And I find that very frustrating. But I got what I needed to get to. The actual learning bit of Unreal Engine that I need to learn, I've learned. And it was much simpler. Well, no, it was about as simple as I hoped it was, but I thought it would be slightly more complicated. And now it's just a, a thing of uh, putting all these things together. So I started on a, like a flat apartment for one of the characters, just so I have full reference to draw around. Something I always wanted to do with the other comics and never just got around to doing it. I rushed straight into the actual comic. And it would have been immensely helpful doing it. So at least I'm going to do it this time. And it's literally just placing of acids and building walls and stuff. It's not anything too intensive. You know, there's no need for Blender or 3D Max or any of this stuff. If there's an acid I can't find, I can just buy it. Hopefully not too many of them though, because it can be quite expensive. So that's kind of the update today. Um, that's just it. There's not nothing tremendously exciting going on other than I got a few things in the post. 
and my eyes are pretty much being weird. So I hope your day is going better and you have a much more interesting complaint if you do have a complaint. And if you don't have a complaint, I hope you have a much more interesting uh, day than I've had. Not that my day was bad. It was just, just you know, not every day can be <laughs> 10 out of 10, but it certainly wasn't a bad day. So I'm blabbing. That's my cue to leave. So good people of the internet until tomorrow. May our best days be ahead and be well. Hello good people of the internet, it is I, Tommy Kelly, and this is Adventures Mubu. In this episode, I want to talk a bit about another ritual that I have kind of gone on, or a working, or whatever it is, is the correct term for it, in which I'm trying to eradicate all kind of vestiges or remnants of my Catholic upbringing and Christian thought in general in my mind. There's a kind of paradigm sh shift in that chaos magic kind of way. This started because of the lockdown and kind of seeing conspiracies that were coming up around it, kind of looking into all these conspiracies. First, there's a bit of kind of entertainment and maybe, you know, kind of going, oh, maybe there is something here. And then kind of realizing just how much that kind of conspiracy thing is based in a kind of Christian mindset of good versus bad, you know, devil's coming to get us, you know, God, judgment day, the apocalypse. All of these type of things. Now, not all conspiracies, obviously, but an awful lot of them, particularly the more doom porn ones, the ones that think the end times are constantly uh, on the horizon, um, all seem to still come from a kind of very kind of Abrahamic Christian kind of mentality, if not necessarily the, or the religion. So, I mean, it's not, I'm not, not pointing at going, oh, it's the Christians, but I mean more that kind of Western kind of approach that we have, which is very much informed by this kind of religious outlook. You can even see it in different kind of, uh, uh, even in our leaders and our political leaders and stuff have this kind of very much kind of Christian, sometimes overtly, sometimes not kind of outlook on the world. And I've just found that very interesting and pretending when I start looking at the kind of reality transurfing of it, uh, like the pendulum idea of it, that seeing the kind of the mainstream and the conspiracy and, you know, the mainstream media, the alternative media, the, oh, whatever, all that thing, are all the same pendulum. They're all part of the same system. Although, Conspiracy would tend to think that it's, you know, thinks differently or trying to escape from that. You can kind of see it has been all part of the same kind of, or symptomatic of the same type of thinking. And so I was just getting that kind of thought going around in my head and then kind of going, well, I wonder how much I still have and how much I see the world through a Christian lens. I certainly have an awful lot of Catholic guilt uh, around being, around success, around self, kind of, um, self-love or you know appreciation or in any kind of way feel that you're a good person there's definitely kind of triggers in me and elements that just you know just can't have any kind of notions of being okay with myself because it's instantly that kind of not only just the tall poppy syndrome but that who am i to think that you know remember as a catholic growing up here in ireland we would have been taught that pretty much god hates us and we are sinners and that uh, we deserve everything we get and don't ever think for a moment that you're anything special you're nothing but a piece of shit like I'm, I'm, i mean i'm slightly laughing at that but that's predominantly what we were taught you know there's no it was kind of god loves you he's going to punish you if you do anything wrong he, he hates you anyway because you've you know you've sinned or some sort of relation sinned and you know you're um, only going to do bad things and you know it's just terrible kind of brainwashing i was talking to um Spot about this a number of times in the podcast, just about the whole idea of I wonder what if an alien came down onto this planet and looked at what we were doing. Would there be some things that are so kind of ingrained in us 
that uh, we believe are true that are absolutely not true about the world about you know just how our philosophy or how we look at things and i'm sure there has to be money is definitely one even though we kind of have a sense that that's just a ridiculous type of system and it's not real and all that but so coming from all that and i know over the last while in particular certain cir uh, circles of chaos magic is there's this kind of push or this kind of feeling or this kind of um thing of going back into the kind of catholicism and trying to you know incorporate all of this stuff back in and it seems to me well, I think that's fair, fair and fine, you know, do it, do as thou wilt uh, and all that. I've kind of got sucked, sucked into it for a while and all that. And it's going like, I, but without throwing babies out with bath water in what was my original kind of thought, I was going, well, like, let's, let's see what's good for it. Now I'm kind of going, well, no, let's not see what's good. Let's get rid of it because it hasn't worked too well. You know, it's just this whole idea of, well, we can't wait to go back to the, nor to, you know, normality and the way it was. Goes, Look, let's never go back to the way it was. Let's go back to something better. And I think... There's a same kind of a thing in magic where you can kind of revert to these old kind of folk things and, uh, or, you know, to Christianity and this kind of things, but label it differently as a folk thing. And I was watching a video that David Halpin put out about uh, his review of a book called The Darkening Age, whatever that noise was. Um, I'll link it in the show description. And it's the book which I've just got an audiobook, so I haven't read it yet. But it's just kind of uh, a look at how the Christian world kind of forced itself on the pagan world and how it was kind of uh you know the atrocities and you know how uh, it was basically it demanded by you know sentence of death that you believe these new things and all this like i just kind of don't want to go into too much with Dave because you can watch that himself but also because i haven't read the book and i don't know enough to do it but it's just kind of his kind of overriding feeling was that yeah well you know we have this kind of sense of going back and taking the good things but let's not forget that uh tremendous amount of pain, suffering, evil, um, that this philosophy, this religion, this kind of thought um, and, this, and the actions that came about, uh, from that have done to us as a people, certainly have done to me. And then trying to go back and trying to pick best bits out of it, he goes, well, let's, you know, not speaking for David, but the kind of the impression I got was, let, let's maybe not do that. So what I did is I took all of my Catholic or religious Christian stuff all my statues all my beads all my books the bibles you know my saint cyprian statues i have a couple of i've one bvm some rosary beads a couple of different saints whatever and i put them all in a big box i sealed it and i'm putting it away i never really warmed to saint cyprian anyway that was something that I, as much as i tried it just wasn't happening for me and i know he's in the 47s as the saint but there seems to be he's, he seems to be a very different character than the kind of standard saint cyprian and uh, it's just, yeah, so I just want to see if I can totally eradicate as much as possible this kind of thought out of my life. Maybe at the end of it, go back and, you know, there might be some stuff I still want to keep. But I think it involves a complete evacuation, a complete exorcism. And so I'm going to try and think of more things around that I can do, or at least that will highlight to me the kind of brainwashing or, you know, remnants of these type of ideas that I still have in my head. These kind of pendulums, these limiting ideas, these beliefs, these loops that are holding me back or not serving me anymore or, um, you know, my programming. I want to try and get away from my programming. It's such a powerful programming. And I think that by kind of allowing it in, in even small little doses, even, you know, like, oh, well, this is kind of nice or whatever, is allowing all of those loops, all of those pendulums and all that to play out and not be so harsh with them and not be so um, demanding to go away and kind of believing them a bit more because you have this kind of idea that, well, if that's right, 
then maybe the other thing's right. And when you've hard enough to get out of limiting beliefs without kind of sort of believing them at the same time, if that makes sense. So early days and part of the pan working, the gut bothering is going to be part of that where I'm looking for something that's previous to that or more physical, uh, less judgmental, less intolerant, less nasty, less... Um, you know, a religion, if you know, or a religious belief that, you know, is pro-me, that likes me, that wants me to do well, you know, that pro-noia thing. It's an interesting thing that happened with the Pan statue. The day the Pan statue arrived, it also arrived with the book Pro-noia, which is the kind of like the positive Bible. And so what I decided in the end was that that is Pan's um, workbook or his guidebook or his Bible or his how-to book. And that rather than just necessarily going with the kind of classical pan kind of thing of, you know, the nature spirit, while keeping some of that, whatever, have him as a representation of all that's good in the world and as of a God who doesn't want to make me feel shameful, who wants me to rejoice in the pleasures of life, who wants to rejoice in myself, who wants to enjoy myself, who wants to enjoy life as I sweat in the sweltering heat. So that's kind of it. Not fully formed, obviously, and just kind of rambling uh, out my thoughts make them a bit more coherent for myself more than anything but that's the plan gonna to have to do an exorcism at some point which I suppose an exorcism even in that is a kind of a Christian kind of outlook on it but anyway I'll come up with something else so good people of the internet what kind of background stuff do you think that you may need an exorcism from some sort of religious belief family belief um, societal belief country belief what are the things that you feel that are ingrained in you that you find that you might have to at some point just say no to the entirety of just to get them out of your way. People of the internet, may uh, your journey ahead be wonderful. May the roads rise with you and may your best days be ahead. Be well. And hello good people of the internet, it is I, Tommy Kelly, and this is Adventures Movie. This episode, I want to give an update on my map journey. So I've been doing MAP, which is the Medical Assistant Program, I think, yes, Medical Assistant Program of the White Brotherhood. Don't get into any kind of racist conspiracy, please. The White Brotherhood is the good guys versus the Black Brotherhood, which is the bad guys. And that's all very strange. Uh, probably not the, the best lingo or the best descriptions, but it's the ones we have. Um, I talked about MAP a couple of days ago that I was just going to go full woo with it and just try it out because I had at least a week to wait to get my eyes tested and I'm having eye issues. So it seemed like, if nothing else, something to do for the week while I uh, waited for my eye test. Hopefully, um, I'm going to be ringing the optician on Monday and kind of demanding I get an eye test at this point because it's well over a month that I've had these issues. So I've been doing MAP, which is essentially you just allow your medical assistant spiritual team uh, to uh, come and work on you in a healing session that you just kind of lie and allow to happen. One of the things you have to do is so that if you notice any kind of sensations or anything going on, that you say it, that you acknowledge it. And it's not for them to know, because they already know it's that, so they can know that you know that uh, stuff is going on. So I've done three sessions and a scanning original first session. And I have to say, I haven't noticed an awful lot of difference in my eyes, to be honest. Um, yesterday, I had a very kind of strange thing with my eyes. I was all, all good all day. And then when I was in, went into the house at the end of the day, and we were trying, trying to put on telly, it was just putting on Amazon Prime. I was actually watching Bosch. 
I suddenly felt like there was something toxic in the room, like some sort of, um, you know, uh, it was like someone had come up and started cutting onions right beside my eyes or something like that. There was that kind of very feel of something kind of in the air. And of course, my wife couldn't, you know, she wasn't sensing, sensing it at all. And uh, but it was just a kind of my start got my eyes to water and it was very sore and I couldn't you know, what, look at telly. The main thing that seems to be going on is this kind of sensitivity to light. It's very odd to describe, um, and it's like if you're looking at a book, if you're looking at writing, the, like the words themselves are all kind of grand. They're getting less so because my eyes are tired all the time, but it's almost as if there's a halo around them, or that the, the white of the page is too bright, and screens in particular are hard to look at, but there's definitely an issue going on with my uh, windows, that the way it was um, rendering fonts was very, very strange, because I was kind of going, my eyes are getting really bad, and because they were all kind of looking blurry and halo-y and weird. Then my wife had a look and she goes, no, they're terrible or something very strange going on with your computer. So there could have been some effect that I was doing by watch, looking at a screen all day, trying to put something in focus that wasn't actually in focus. But I don't know. Um, when I'm out and about, if I go out for a walk and have my sunglasses on, everything is fine. I'm not aware of my eyesight at all. It's only kind of um, like when, when I'm not, when I... You know, when I'm in a kind of a, I don't know, when I'm looking at a screen or I'm looking at, uh, you know, if I go into something bright or, you know, some sort of contrast in the room or whatever. I was looking up, there's some kind of, like, you can have light sensitivity with the medication, the antibiotic I'm on for uh, the rash that was down the side of my eyes that I talked about any amount of time uh, last year. Um, but it's a skin light sensitivity, it's not an eye sensitivity. And I did mention that to the doctor. And she goes, she can't think of a correlation between it. Of course, when you go on to Google, you can go to any length of things that will tell you just how bad <laughs> your current situation is. From pressure on your brain to you're going to die till your eyes are going to pop out, all of these things. So you as well not uh, go to Google. But it's hard not to when you're, you know, in a sense, left to self-diagnose because you're not uh, able to get to a doctor. You're not able to get an optician. You're not able to do anything. So you kind of, what, what you do... I've had tried different glasses. I've tried a 2.5 magnifying glass, reading glass. They were much too weird for me. They made, even if I looked at the screen on the computer, it bowed like that, like really badly. <laughs> you know, obviously from the front though. Um, then I had a 1.5, which were still weren't great. And the ones I got now are a 1. And while everything is closer, like it is magnified, it's, it's, um, it's, still, it's still the same kind of thing. It's like, I, I don't really know. Um, it does make it easier to read, obviously, but bigger writing is easier to read than smaller writing. So I don't really know. And uh, this kind of lack of being able to do anything about it is frustrating, to say, to say the least. And then because I'm overanalyzing it, I'm over constantly checking my eyes, I'm constantly looking around, reading things. Now, you know, I can see things far away, I can read things. I can certainly read writing that, say, print it much clearer than the same size font on a computer. So I don't know if that's the light thing or it's just the rendering thing or what it is. But anyway, I was meant to be talking about map, right? So what I did, when I was going into some of the sessions, it was very cool and relaxing. And most of the time I instantly fall asleep, which is fair enough. Um, I was reading into it and I was saying that's them trying to get, you know, you, your consciousness out of the way so that it can work in you. I hear that in Reiki too as well. Um, believe what you want in that. I'm not unsure. Sometimes you could just need of a good nap and, you know, fine too as well. When I did today, I could certainly feel sensations in my eyes, round my eyes, just felt like they were being moved. They were felt like they were kind of vortex going off in that kind of direction. There was a burniness 
around it. Of course, I said it all just out loud and all that. But I don't know. It's again, it's like that kind of thing of that when you're constantly checking on something, you uh, you know, you're definitely more aware of it. Or say you have, you know, a strain in a muscle on your back, you become suddenly hyper aware of that muscle that you wouldn't normally be. And I hear people talking about a similar kind of situation when they get some sort of awakening through meditation, whatever, or they get this kind of background bliss or this kind of enlightenment, whatever it is. A sudden, no, not a satori, but more of a, yeah, an awakening. And they keep having to check it to see if it's still there. Is it still there? Oh, it's still there. And it's, it's something a bit like that, only in a really mundane physical sense, not in any kind of, you know, woo, enlightened sense. It's just that you're constantly, I'm constantly checking my eyes. And so now that I have the computer, I think back to what it really, you know, originally was and the fonts are displaying in the same way. They seem worse than they are because you know, I'm so hyper-vigilant of it. And it's kind of, because I started looking at, I got um, screenshots of other people's desktops just to see how their fonts were rendering. And they're rendering exactly the same as mine are now. But still, you can see, you know, the dots that make up the A or the Ws in particular, you know, very dotty and pixelated and stuff like that. Which is something I probably just wouldn't have noticed a month ago because I wasn't so concerned about my eyes or wasn't aware of it. So three or four days into the map, I think it's three days in one scanning session. It could be two scanning sessions and uh, or one scanning in two days. I'm not quite sure, but uh, I'm enjoying it anyway. It's, if nothing, it's a very relaxing and I enjoy the kind of uh, idea of talking out loud. And it's kind of leading into this really nice kind of thing with me that because I'm kind of rejecting this kind of notion of doom porn and, um, you know, the, that the world is a horrible place and all that kind of conspiracy that we're doomed because we're shitty beings and we deserve all we get, all of that kind of... A rejection of that um, it's like kind of the, with the pronoia stuff as well it's kind of aligning with the goodness in the world or the things that you know that's deciding that the, the world is with you rather than against you and it's trying you know it's conspiring to help you and so this kind of idea of the white brotherhood thing which is, I just can't get past that name uh, is that it's kind of going well I mean if there is all this negativity in the world if there is these 12 cabal you know this cabal of i don't know why i say 12 people i keep getting mixed up with 12 angry men in the film probably but this cabal of, of secret bankers or people who are secretly ruining the world ruling the world they aren't doing that secret because people you know have <laughs> pointed and know what their names are if that's to be believed but then there obviously has to be a, a, a you know an alternative to that it has to be like the you know for every action equal opposite reaction for every energy there's an, a, a, you know the opposite energy so there has to be a force of equal strength and power working for good in the world if we are to accept this theory and so why not align yourself with that and uh, see that there, you know, rather than thinking that there's these certain sect of people trying to destroy the world or control you and, you know, adding to that pendulum and kind of giving that into that fear and that worry and all of that. Why not decide on that there is this wonderful group of people who are really concerned with your spiritual evolution, with your pain, suffering, your pleasure and your creativity and your expression of who you are as a person and think of you as something that is, you know, worthwhile and, you know, would be sad if you weren't around and, you know, very appreciated of you and want you to, uh, you know, want to foster goodness in you and want to help you build you up and, you know, become the best expression of yourself and, you know, allow you to become the wonderfulness that you possibly could be. You're not aligned to something like that. If you're going to have a story you're going to tell about the world, let me tell a good story, a better story, you know? And people say, oh, because it's, you know, that's airy-fairy and wishy-washy and, you know, you're just trying to console yourself. Well, I mean, you're just trying to console yourself with this other stuff as well. A lot of that is just trying to say that you know more than other people or you won't be fooled or, you know, just giving in to the fear. And, you know, it's, it's still a form of, I don't know, 
it's unproven in a sense, so it's still a form of fairy, fairy tale. They're still telling a story. And even in your story, it has the story of the negative story to the people who are saying it, it has to allow for an opposite force of good. So if you're just giving into the fear, just giving into control, just giving into the, you know, the shittiness that the, you know, we are horrible people and as a race and we deserve everything we get, blah, 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 all that narrative. Um, don't give into it is what I would suggest. I'm not going to give into it. What I'm going to do it is going to align myself with the White Brotherhood by first coming up with a better name um, that, that, that I can, uh, you know, talk to people and look at them and die and go, yes, have you, have you heard about the White Brotherhood? <laughs> what else? Like, you know, starting something ridiculous or having some weird kind of notion enter people's head. If you have a better name for the White Brotherhood, the White Lodge, um, you know, like the Twin Peaks, White Lodge, Black Lodge, that's not much better. The Secret Chiefs, the Ascended Masters, I don't know. The Weavers of Pronoia, the Pronoia Masters, I don't know. I'll, I'll come up with something. But anyway, aligning myself with that from the map thing has been very beneficial and I kind of really like that. That uh, why not align with a group of people who have power in the world, but power for a, a positive rather than a control and fear thing. Okay, good people of the internet, that was very little about map as I was intending to talk about and more about my eye condition and how uh, I want to better know the, the secret chiefs. So until tomorrow, may our best days be ahead and be well. And hello good people of the internet, it is I, Tommy Kelly, and this is Adventures Mubu. This episode, I'm going to do another reading from the works of Stuart Wilde, because he's enjoyed the last one, and I enjoy reading Stuart Wilde's books. I will uh, say again about Stuart Wilde that he's much better at reading his own books, and he's much better at giving lectures, in my opinion, than his books. You know, his books are very good in places, his early ones, his later ones, you can take or leave. Um, his lectures and his audio tapes and stuff like that are really where you get the sense of who he is as a character and his kind of his humour and uh, that kind of thing. So I'm not going to do him justice, but I will do my best. This is again from Infinite Self. And um, there is a cheeky YouTube video of him reading this book on YouTube. It's, I think it's called The 33 Steps or something uh, similar. So uh, if you want to hear him read it, then you can go, but I'm going to read it. So this is step three. And it's having the courage to go beyond. Step three. Having the courage to go beyond is the act of letting go and allowing your life to enter into a spontaneous dynamic of free flow. This means less structure, more trust, believing and taking life as you find it, rather than trying to force it into a preconceived pattern and getting angry when it won't allow you to jam it into a corner in that way. The ego is naturally resistant to letting go. It wants to hold on to its sense of power and to dominate your life and the lives of others. It needs to control because it feels insecure. So it may be frightening to let go, but in my view it is more frightening to stay where you are. In the world of the ego and intellect, you don't have to develop blind trust. You can hope to rely on past experiences and think things out, and hopefully that works for you most of the time. But as a spiritual being, trust is vital. In the dynamic, exhilarating world of the infinite self, you're flying blind. It has no limits, so it's bound to carry you to unfamiliar ground. And that is what makes the whole process so fascinating. The journey from ego to spirit entails resolving the paradoxes of this human existence. I can best explain it by quoting from a little book I wrote in 1984 called Weight Loss for the Mind. We have to embrace infinity inside an immortal body. 
We have to believe in a God we can't see. We have to learn to love in a dimension where there's so much hatred. We have to see abundance when people, when people constantly talk of shortages and lack. We have to discover freedom where control is the state religion. We have to develop self-worth where people criticise and belittle us. We have to see beauty where there is ugliness. We have to embrace kindness and positive attitudes when surrounded by uncertainty. We have to feel safe in spite of our concerns. The crux of the matter boils down to trust. You have to have the courage to embrace an idea, accept it and believe it before you have any real proof that the energy is there for you or that, idea, or, that, or that that idea will work. You have to let go of that bad intellectual habit that says your ego personality always knows best. By giving the infinity you, you, uh, within you credence, you empower it to come into your life. It is almost as if you have to lose yourself a little in order to find yourself again at a higher level of energy. It won't let go and tr- if you won't let go and trust a little, your ego personality will constantly block off your inner power and you will miss the benefit of the subtle awareness and extrasensory perception that you are entitled to as a spiritual being. We become used to overriding these inner messages, don't we? It's part of how the ego plays its game. The infinity within you is just like a celestial wind that will blow gently in your direction and assist you, but only when you have quieted the mind and controlled the ego. People ask me, is it intuition? Yes and no. It's more, it's more than intuition. Spontaneous intuition is how it manifests in the early stages. Later, the dialogue from the infinite self comes, from, comes through as an all-knowing, instant information derived from heightened feelings. It grows as you focus and discipline yourself, and when you know... And believe that you are infinite. Once you can see the TikTok world for what it is, the power of the infinite self joins you. It teaches you hour by hour, day by day, constantly showing you the subtle nature of things in a truly magnificent way. It brings you the people you need to be associated with. It shows you how to modify your belief patterns, which of uh, your belief has, and which of those beliefs you need to sling off the cart forever. It assists your well-being and shows you a way of making a living that are less onerous and restrictive. The depth of its perception carries you from one stepping stone to the next. And this is just a kind of an interjection I want to make here. I don't think he's necessarily pointing to that thing that I always give about, out about, which, you know, he may be, but I'm going to assume he's not that. Once you just show up that the universe has your back and takes over and you get suddenly get everything you ever wanted, you know, that, um, so you wanted to be an actor and you go, right, I'm going to be an actor and you declare it to the world and you step out and then, you know, you do an audition and you don't get it. And they're just kind of sense of going, well, I did my bit. I, you know, I did, uh, I followed my bliss and, you know, the universe is meant to come together and make everything right for me. Which only leads to sadness and depression and uh, distrust of the world. But I think it's just more saying that when you start doing stuff and you start trusting in yourself, you know, things open up. Not that everything becomes perfect or everything is suddenly just handed to you. But, you know, there's a bit more of a flow to your life, which I do think is true. But just not to kind of fall into the trap of thinking... That because you you turn up with your shiny thing, whatever your shiny thing is, whatever your bliss is, that everything is just immediately going to fall into place, because that doesn't happen. Not my experience, anyway. It's a shame if you don't listen. While the ego dominates and holds on, spirituality within you backs off and waits until you're done with the mundane logic of life. So agreeing to listen is important. Acting what you hear is even more important doesn't matter if at first you get things a bit mixed up or if you're not sure what comes from the infinite self and what is from the mind you have to start somewhere that is the all-important first step 
If you don't listen and open up, the world you create via your personality and its preferences and the perceptions you have of the world around you starts to dwindle in energy. You use up the power available to you. The energy of the place where you live, your circumstance, your work and the relationships you sustain all begin to drop to a lower level because no new energy flows in to sustain them. Gradually you will become less and less secure, entering into a stagnant dead zone which, in effect, the eternal manifestation of a tired and lifeless mind. Every day there is less energy than before, less excitement, more boredom and irritation. Often this diminishing effect will be suffocating, you will feel trapped, life becomes a flat line. In stagnation danger increases, your safety and protection are weakened by the staleness that surrounds you. Imagine the dead zone as a circular flat piece of paper. Gradually through negative emotion and the effects of restriction the sides of the paper start to curve up. It begins to take the shape of an upside down cone. The longer you allow the dead zone around you to exist, the steeper the walls of the cone become. And the further you slip down the cone towards the inverted apex, the more you have become trapped. That kind of, I feel, is just talking about that, like more the vortex of negative kind of stuff, or the, uh, in reality, transurfness kind of piles on, you know, this negative pile on, but you can have a positive pile on too, where it's, you know, one negative thing leads to another negative thing leads to another thing. There's like kind of that momentum that goes with it that we see mostly in that whole idea of the rich get richer, or, you know, that, uh, what's the Bible called, the famous one, like, uh, like what, if people who have will get more and people who have nothing will get less, or, you know, even more will be taken away from it. all that kind of idea of that things seem to have a momentum in themselves energetically. And that's the more you kind of sit in the kind of negativity and restriction and control and fear and all that, the more of that you see till it engulfs you and it surrounds you. And uh, as we all know, that's very easy to, um, you know, with, it, with kind of media and with the kind of surroundings that we're in, particularly now, a lot of fear and, you know, that kind of stuff around it, that uh, you can become engulfed and you can't see past any of those things. So just be aware of that. At the bottom of the cone, the intensity of your mind and the lack of energy and support in the circumstances that surround you are so great that you approach a situation of extreme restriction. Life closes in around you, and sadly you may, have enough you may not have enough energy to climb out. The restriction of a lifeless situation such as this can cause disquiet, may result in dysfunctional or reckless behaviour. It can lead eventually to hopelessness and an early death. Kind of, you know, very negative there, Stu, but well, you know, we know what he's pointing at. Agree with yourself in a quiet moment of prayer or contemplation that you do have the courage to be different. You will change and you will fight the ego's lack of energy by embracing a few new ideas. You may get some flack from the people around you because you want to change, but so what? In a stagnant situation, anything is better than staying where we are. Next, have the courage to accept and weather the pain and aggravation that the ego will undoubtedly put, put you through as you try to disempower the government of your life. It's going to it's not, it, it isn't going to like what's going on. It will protest with logic and emotion and fine sounding arguments hoping to turn you around. When that happens, stiffen your resolve and perform some discipline that the ego won't like. Throw yourself in the river at 4am every morning for a week. That should fix it pronto. In conclusion, to the courage to go beyond that, I'll add the courage to be vulnerable. As you change and grow, the ego will feel assailed and threatened. If you have little or no resistance, you will be fine. If you resist and fight, it will hurt a lot. So be courageous. Allow yourself to become vulnerable. Put aside the macho dogmatic insistent psychology that most people suffer from. Enter instead into the intense spiritual beauty of moving and flowing without necessarily knowing 
which way to go or how you'll get there. Believe, believe, believe. So I suspect that some of you are, uh, understand why I like Stuart Wilde so much because particularly in his early days, he was very positive, very upbeat, very the world is great and you know, you have spiritual work and power and you know, you should look after yourself and not feel bad about yourself. In fact, you should feel the opposite. He kind of does a double take of that but towards the end, but it's, there's still kind of a, a beauty in some of his later stuff as well that, you know, like there's glimpses of the old happy Stuart and uh, I like him. I always feel that I have to kind of uh, make apologies for him, so I should stop doing that because that's what he would say that you shouldn't do. So enjoy Stuart uh, on, your, on whatever level you want to take him at and uh, don't let my insistency that his doom porn <laughs> ending should in any way mar your experience of him. He's wonderful. He's some wonderful great teachers. No, he's some mental woo-woo teachings as well that you can uh, you can accept and not accept yourself. So good people of the internet. Um, have a good day and have the courage to be yourself and have the courage to do things and have the courage to come out of the any kind of stagnancy that you have in your life and don't let the naysayers be them external forces or your own kind of inner naysayer and stop you from having the life that you want or pursuing the life that you want. You're definitely guaranteed the pursuit of happiness. Whether we get the happiness is up to many other factors. So may your best days be ahead and be well. And hello, good people of the internet. It is I, Tommy Kelly, and this is Adventures in Woo Woo. This episode, I want to talk about a number of things. I want to talk about art and Unreal Engine 4 and me finally learning it. I want to talk a bit about synchronicities with regards to my map, uh, the, the medical assistant program, uh, woo woo nonsense, but not nonsense, woo woo stuff I've been up to. And uh, I have the greatest news of all time ever. Possibly not the greatest news of all time ever, but pretty good news. I finally got uh, an appointment to get my eyes checked tomorrow morning at half 10. It's in the town over from where I am, uh, which I assume I'm allowed, I'm allowed to go to because it's a, a medical uh, appointment, it's, you know, which would have to be deemed essential. I think the country's opening up a wee bit more next week anyway, so we'll see. They would want to be really <laughs> stringent with the rules to stop you going from uh, an eye appointment. Anyway, I got talking to the uh, well. I got talking to someone in the opticians who I was talking to last week. Not the same guy, and uh, so they're pretty happy enough to bring me in as more than I've been bumped up from routine into uh, whatever it is emergency essential. Anyway, so great. Tomorrow I may uh, discover that I have terrible eyesight. I may discover that it's nothing to do with my eyes. Well, I mean certainly something to do with my eyes, but it might be I know hay fever. <laughs> Imagine why that was here, people. I don't mind once I know what it is. And uh, because you know yourself, when you're Googling stuff and you come up against detached retina and you're going to go blind and, you know, or it's eye aids or whatever it is that, you know, you just, which is that, you know, what, what happens when you're left to your own devices to try and work out what's wrong with you, which is, you know, not a good thing. Anyway, so that's good news that I'm finally going to get that sorted tomorrow or at least get checked. Um... Which leads me to an interesting thing that happened over the weekend. And I talked about this kind of briefly on the TASTA podcast this week, which is the one about HGAs and UFOs for people in the far distant future who, you know, you're not synced up with uh, the daily vlogs and the podcast. Um, and it was just this kind of thing where I was, after watching a number of documentaries about UFOs, and I was saying, try, uh, one of them was the Stephen Greer one, which is all about kind of inviting 
inviting aliens, alien beings into your life to help with healing and stuff like that. And I have been doing, obviously, something fairly similar with the medical assistant program that I've been doing over the last week. Um, so I decided that at the end of the Stephen Greer documentary, I go, well, uh, there's a bit more to the story. But in short, it was like, well, let's have something, you know, let's send me something or to send a, a, a message, a kind of a, a sync, something, give me something. And immediately I got an email from uh, a guy. His name is Roman, which is in a, a, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, uh, which is very synchronistic, being that I've been talking an awful lot about my character, Roman, from the comic Dem. So it, immediately that was kind of a, you know, a sink. Um, and he was just saying that he was, uh, among other things, one of the things he was saying was that um, he'd been watching the videos about my eyes and about the map stuff I'd been doing. And he wanted to just point out something. And he was quite, quite you know, he's like, oh, please don't take this the wrong way. And it definitely didn't take the wrong way. Um, but well... There was a couple of things he said that I on kind of I immediately went oh I don't know and then on reflection it was like it was exactly what I needed to hear, but one of the things he was saying that you kind of have set yourself I have set myself up for defeat immediately by having these preconceived or these presuppositions that my eyesight is going to get worse as I get older and I definitely have that that is a belief I have about life, and that has been instilled into me by you know living and people around me and it's a known thing I have friends who've as they get older their eyesight has been worse. So I have this belief that that is an, an eventuality that has to happen to me. And you're just kind of going, that's a bit incongruent with going full woo into something. And I was, I was kind of thinking about it. It goes, yeah, that is a belief. So therefore, it would be something I could likely be creating in myself because it seems like a natural order. And if I start feeling older, which I have, have done, obviously, because I've, I turned 40 a couple of years ago. And, you know, you realise I'm not a young person. Some people buy Ferraris. I, I'm not in the market for a Ferrari, but I'm sure, you know, there's, there's probably equivalent things I'm doing. Um, I hope there isn't, but I'm sure there is. Uh, so, you know, so you, you realise you're not young anymore. And so then that brings you into the category of while I'm getting old. And so then what do I associate with being old? Well, I associate with being old is my eyes not being as good. I associate maybe getting uh, sicker regularly, being weaker. And I, I've been uh, kind of chastised by people previous because I, I say things like, oh, my knees, I'm old and stuff. Like that. I'm saying, Don't do that. You're not that old. You know, and I, I kind of am falling into this kind of program of believing that I have to fall apart <laughs> as I get older. And I know ultimately we're all going to die. There's no question of this. And, you know, that you're not you're well, here you go straight into the limiting beliefs. You're not going to have perfect health until you die. Some people have perfect health until they die. So why am I tuned into this inevitability of a. Uh, you know, slowly falling apart. So it's an interesting one. I was very thankful for that. He also made a point which I initially kind of <laughs> poo-pooed or got not annoyed. It just kind of went, uh, I don't know, where he was saying that. Think about the stuff that if you're not doing the things that you want to do because, you know, because it was a reference, I assume, going that I haven't really gone full swing into learning Unreal Engine, which I'll come back to because I have, uh, and my comic because of maybe my eye thing. And he was saying that maybe that's just an excuse because it's not as fun as you think it is and that you feel under pressure to do it. And I was kind of going, well, no, no, you know, I do want to do it. And, but there probably was a bit around the Unreal Engine feeling there was a, you know, a mammoth task to learn that kind of stuff and, you know, just kind of putting it off. And perhaps a slight bit of laziness on my, on my behalf or the kind of scared notion of once you're getting into this project, what if it doesn't go well? Or what if I don't enjoy doing it? It's kind of worrying about worrying, which is a huge thing I do. You know, it's like... One of the main things that come up in therapy is that I have this uh, uh, thing of worrying about worrying. So, like, if I have to go on a journey, I will start worrying about not necessarily things that will go wrong, which will, but I'll worry going, oh, now I'm going to spend the next couple of months worrying about this, this trip or whatever. So it's worrying about worrying. 
So that was interesting. So I got my finger out and started learning Unreal Engine. Um, I had touched on it a bit previous and actually the day before I got that email and I have pretty much learned all I need to learn about Unreal Engine to do what I needed to do. And of course, there's so much that you would need to learn if you wanted to make games or do, you know, architecture or, you know, in any kind of professional capacity. But I just literally want to be able to put up walls, stick in some lights and move in some assets, you know, like a couch or whatever it is. And then have the whole camera thing where I can uh, take screenshots that I can then either use as reference or manipulate it in some way to use as a, as a, as a background. And so I'm pretty much there. Uh, I put up some images today on the social media of where I'm at and there's some very kind of shiny sheets and stuff like that. So I have like a wee bit to go like so that's you know that the certain reflections look the way they're meant to. Although I might need to depending on what way you know if they're referenced then it doesn't really matter. If it's a manipulation and I have to kind of work out exactly how that's going to look and what way lights should be. Certainly won't be using kind of small apertures or uh, because you will need everything you know depth of field type stuff so you'd need everything in focus because it doesn't work a blurry background it doesn't really work as a line drawing you know it's, it's just you need the kind of um sharpness of of a wide high aperture a wide aperture wide of a narrow aperture um so yeah i'm really enjoying unreal engine and i am glad to have uh, worked that out and i'm now just putting together all the different kind of locations that i want for the story so that i have um, all of this reference. It's something I always wanted to do for all my other comics and I never got around to it, so I've finally not been lazy on that. So that's it. That was a pretty good one of uh, synchronicity around uh, healing and the map stuff I've been doing, which was wonderful. And, you know, it's, it's led me to a, a nice little insight that I have around my own limiting beliefs or not limiting, there are limiting beliefs, but beliefs around what it means to get old and that I, you know, I just assume I'm going to fall apart very quickly. <laughs> Um, and to have a look at that, there was plenty of other stuff you sent me as well, which was equally relevant. And uh, thank you very much, Roman. And the Unreal Engine and my eyes. So then tomorrow's update will be, I assume, eye-centric and me telling you exactly what has gone on. So now I'm going to spend the rest of the night worrying about worrying about my eye uh, test tomorrow, which hopefully I won't. So good people of the internet, I hope your day is going swimmingly. I hope you get nice emails from people that leads to wonderful insights about how you view the world and view your position in the world and what is going to happen to you over the next couple of years. And if not, may your best days be ahead and uh, be well. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And hello good people of the internet, it is I, Tommy Kelly, and this is Adventures in Woo Woo. And in this episode, I'm going to do another video where I talk about my shitty eyes. Um, and I know you're all sitting on the edge of your seats, just hoping with bated breath that this would be another video about my eyes. And who am I, who am I to uh, spoil the fun? It is, of course, one about my eyes. But this is good news. I got my uh, eye tests that I've been waiting on or trying to get for the last month. I had it this morning. There's an interesting thing about my old eyes, to put all of this kind of into a context or perspective or something. When I started doing, no, I was doing the, the YouTube channel for a while and I started putting on weight and I got very kind of embarrassed about how I looked and stuff like that. So I did mostly just did podcasts. And then about a year and a half ago, so it was New Year 2019, I decided that I wasn't going to stand for any of this kind of hiding nonsense and I was going to just start um, doing videos again. So I started doing 
the whole thing is Adventures and Woo Boo switched from just it being the Tommy Kelly YouTube channel the Tommy Kelly podcast Adventures and Woo Boo and uh, really went for it and I've been doing daily videos not daily videos but at least uh, a number of videos every week up until now and I've been doing daily videos for the last nine weeks or so but as soon as I get into that kind of doing the videos um, as a as a kind of a magical spell as a ritual to try and uh, just not hide behind the disgust and shame of, of, of my uh, overweightness or whatever. But immediately what happened is I started getting this rash and I started getting this kind of a thing around my eyes. Not, not immediately, a couple of weeks into it. And I kind of felt like, oh, that's not really fair that I'm trying my best to, you know, not, not be ashamed of myself. And then something very obvious on my face uh, comes out. So I thought it was something interesting, maybe a lesson to be learned or something like that. But I couldn't work it out and it went on for months. I did at one point end up in the A&E, the IANE in the Matter Hospital in Dublin uh, because my doctor just wanted to make sure that it wasn't um, shingles because that can be terribly bad news for you if it gets in your eye and shingles wants to get in your eye. But I thought it definitely wasn't shingles. And the eye specialist up there was kind of going, why are you here? It's definitely not shingles because if it was shingles, you would be in a tremendous amount of pain and I wasn't in any pain whatsoever. So dermatologist then gave me some cream that uh, cleared up the whole thing. He just said it's some form of dermatitis. But as soon as I stopped, of course, that cream, and you can only do it for a couple of weeks, it came straight back. But it wasn't quite as bad for a long while. And then a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, it roared right back and it was the worst it ever was. And I ended up going into the pharmacy going, can you do anything? And I went, yeah, you can go straight to your fucking doctor because there's something insane going on. But when I went to the doctor, she gave me, uh, she, she says, it's, you know, I can't, what can you do? It's definitely not shingles again, which is what the, the pharmacy was thinking. Uh, and she gave me another cream, which was the first time of all the different creams I've been using. It, it started really stinging and I was aware of it and it felt like, oh, maybe this might do something. Two weeks later, it didn't. It was still, it was just, I was aware of the stinging and those kind of water over my eyes and all this kind of stuff. So she put me on this antibiotic, which is usually given for acne. It's tedastral, I think I might be pronouncing that wrong. And after a couple of weeks, it, it started clearing it up straight away. Now, it's a long-term antibiotic and you have to be on it being it's long-term for a long term. And so I'm in the middle of the second three-month kind of thing. There was the hope, of course, that I was going to get to a specialist. That was just going to be like a stopgap kind of medication until I went and found out what it actually was by some sort of skin uh, expert. But... Uh, the pandemic put a halt to all of those kind of medical appointments that aren't seen as you know essential or whatever so it just didn't happen so then when i was going to the doctor to um get the next uh, prescription for the next three months what i'd noticed over that kind of was the, not the bank holiday the previous bank holiday when the sun came out in ireland for the first time that i noticed that my eyes were going crazy like it was really sun sensitive and um, i'm finding it kind of um, constantly aware of my eyes and all this. All these things I've talked about over the last while on uh, the channel, that it's just, that you know, it just felt weird. And then there was an issue with how text was rendering on my computer and all of this type of stuff. So I, being a warrior, you know, felt that uh, this might be, you know, something serious or whatever, rather than just being the kind of, um, you know, that I might just need reading glasses on my eyes, just might have deteriorated because of age, which of course, I was then chastised a bit, in a sense, in a very fun and loving way by um, Roman, who, uh, who I talked about in a previous uh, video, who said that, you know, that it's uh, kind of when you are allowing or seeing it as natural that getting older means that you have to get glasses, then are you creating that yourself? Which I thought was an interesting type point. 
So there seems to be a whole kind of thing around my eyes, which I've never had before, between the rash, between the, you know, suspected shingles twice, between then the glasses, the, um, the irritation. There was a point where I felt like someone was kind of peeling onions right beside me, my eyes were watering, all of this type of stuff. And so I was kind of, from a Louise Hay point of view, I suppose there's a, what do I not want to see? What do I not want to look at? What am I not seeing? What is it that I'm trying to avoid looking at? All of those things. And I am working on that and there's nothing really that is coming to mind. There's no, a lot of these kind of things, if you look at them from a kind of learning perspective, if you don't, if you're not getting a lesson or you can't see the lesson, it's very hard to learn it because you kind of go, well, what is it? What could it be? And it could be any amount of things. But anyway, I finally got to get my actual eyes tested this morning. And the good people in the uh, opticians in the town over said that they would take me in, uh, being that uh, <laughs> I annoyed them enough about it. But they were very, very nice, very friendly. And uh, they, 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 of a shop that usually had, they were saying, 15, 17 people working there, there's two people in it. Um, and so, the, I don't know, like I haven't had an eye test, a proper eye test in over 10 years. I had a brief kind of eye test in the uh, A&E, but the doctor or the optician or the ophthalmologist, whatever is the correct uh, word, um, said, this is not a full eye test. So don't consider this an eye test. Just I'm just checking to make sure that there's nothing major wrong with your eye. Uh, so I don't really know what the eye test is, but it seems to be very kind of upgraded since the last time I was even there. I got a full 3D scan of my eye from the back thing. I could see the entirety of my eye inside and out on the screen. They couldn't do the pressure test because of some sort of pandemic, pandemic, <laughs> pandemic related rules. It, it's obviously, I don't know exactly how that works, but they said that whatever the test that the pressure test does comes up in this 3D scan. And then we did just your standard you know, can you read this? Does it look better with these lenses? And a couple of other things where you did proper full checks on my eye. So, what did we find out? Well, what we found out is my eyesight's pretty good for uh, all, all things considered. And that there possibly is two issues going on. One is there's a very, very slight need of a kind of a reading prescription of glasses, but very, very slight in that, uh, not exactly sure what it is, but I was telling him that I was kind of testing at different glasses and I said that I had a 1X and he said, yeah, that's probably way too strong. So it's definitely less than 1X that, that I need. And he thinks that the anti-glare will be something that I'll find very beneficial being that I'm finding this kind of light sensitive type thing going on. But nothing serious, nothing to worry about. He says my high eye health, high, uh, eye health in general is really good. There's nothing in uh, the scan that came up. Everything is pretty good and it's just, it's the, for the most part, I can read everything fine. Um, it's just that, you know, there's a bit of, a bit of old going on in my, in my, uh, my eyes. And uh, just, you know, that's the way it is. And it's just use the glasses as needed rather than, you know, if you, if you find, if find you're getting away with not wearing them, don't, you know, only as needed. The other thing he thinks is some sort of an allergic reaction or some sort of dryness that's got irritation involved around maybe something either connected to this rash thing or not something completely different some sort of you know like a pollen or like a hay fever some sort of like an inflammation thing going on and he gave me different drops for that so i kind of in one sense disappointed in that i don't know what's going on with my eyes fully but good in that it's nothing too bad going on with my eyes my eyes are fine there's no detached retinas as much as google was trying to tell me there was there was no kind of anything serious wrong but I still have the issue with my eyes. So I don't know what's next. If, I, if he says use this kind of uh, new ointment, ointment, eye ointment uh, drops for next week or so, next two weeks and see how it goes and if it comes down. 
And if not, I assume I just go, have to go back to my doctor and find out a bit about it. Or uh, maybe get on some anti-inflammatories, antihistamines, something, I don't know. Or try and find whatever it is that's in the atmosphere or in my uh, area that I'm having a reaction to. Um, but the glasses as well will in, in help with that because if, um, you know, it'll help with the tiredness and the, the um, reading in general and the soreness and all of those things. Yeah, so I mean, I'm delighted. There's nothing serious wrong. Um, I have to wait a couple of days to get my glasses, so there'll be no benefit for, uh, in anything until then. But I have the ointment, and we'll see where it is. I still have to work out what it's all about from kind of spiritual point of view, from like an energetic point of view. Why is it? It seems to be more than just getting an old thing. Um, why I'm a, a person who, in general, is quite healthy and uh, uh, doesn't get sick, for the most part. Um, to have two kind of things around my eyes in, in the last year is interesting to me. Um, perhaps, you know, related, but perhaps not. So I, it's still kind of, I have to see what it is that I'm looking at. And maybe ultimately it will be just shitty body stuff, you know, rather than any kind of energetic or life lesson thing. And maybe I'm looking for something, looking for something that isn't there, you know, so we'll see. But anyway, much better form and much better mood and not so worried about my eyes now. And I can even see that from using it, it's either from using the drops already that the kind of soreness in my eyes has gone down more than the other drops I, I, I was using. And the kind of the burny sensation and the pain's all gone down. But it could also be because I'm not so stressed and I'm not kind of constantly checking my eyes, you know, trying to work out what's going on with my eyes that I can just kind of relax a bit. So anyway, that's the eye update. Um, good, you know, good. There's nothing wrong. Um, I, you know, and if there anything that is wrong is minor, it's just not kind of big, uh, <laughs> I'm going blind type sicknesses or I've, whatever kind of trains I have gone down. So yeah, that's it. Good people of the internet, may your eyes be wonderful and may you have the best eyesight you've ever had in your life. And uh, may your best days be ahead and may you see amazing vistas of beauty at all times around you. Be well and I'll talk to you tomorrow. And hello, good people of the internet. It is I, Tom Kelly, and this is Adventures Mover. And in this episode, which will definitely not work for the audio-only people, I'm going to show a bit of my process of what I've been doing with Unreal Engine and then exporting into Clip Studio. I also don't know about the quality of this because uh, I'm using OBS, which I absolutely don't really know that well. And every time I try to do something, something terrible happens. I've already recorded this video. And when I switched to different screens, my mic went out and stuff. So if you're seeing this, it's a miracle in itself. So um, what I want to start with is by um, going here. So this is a Google map um, page of a place called Joyce's Key. This is about 40 minutes away from where I live. And it's quite, uh, it's like a camping site. But it has this lovely little... Uh, pier in it that I want to incorporate it and steal as part of the town that my comic is set in because the, the story is predominantly set in one town um, a bit like Twin Peaks and all of those that kind of cliche thing but the, I suppose the Twin Peaks it's the town itself is very strange and it's you know it's one of the characters whereas the town really isn't a character in this it's very normal and um, that's kind of you know it needs to be very normal not a strange thing because when abnormal things happen in it 
then it's uh, you know it's unexpected rather than you know you expect weirdness in somewhere like Twin Peaks or any of those kind of other towns that have come after. But uh, yeah, so this is the kind of the pier, and hold on if I can get a better kind of a look. So it just goes down and out like that. So I have been trying to get my, uh, to be able to use Unreal Engine. And uh, this is what I came up with, with the exact same kind of thing. Now, it's obviously not an exact replica for many different reasons. One being, I don't know how to do kind of curvy stuff. Um, if you can, I'm sure you can. But so this is what I came up with. Like, I've only been using Unreal Engine properly for about a week. So I think I'm pretty impressed with myself that I've managed to get this kind of fall. Um, the lorry is there, the truck is there, just for reference, as is the trees for size. So I know kind of what, what it's like. So as you can see, it's all kind of white. And the reason for that is because when you put on the full lighting, see, I like it's, I actually think it looks better in the white, but you can see there's loads of color information and texture information, but uh, I don't need any of that information because I'm going to turn this into line art. And uh, so it's just works better for me to go into the detail lighting, which has light, the lighting and any kind of normal maps and bump maps and that kind of stuff. So you're still kind of getting the reflections on the waves there stuff so if you go around you can just kind of see the different ways i did it all kind of just basic shapes and around here is a bit horrible so please ignore um, and all of that's just kind of come from placing assets or just doing very basic geometry where i'll pull out it like a box and uh make it bigger and smaller in the different directions and all of that kind of stuff and you can just move it around and add the different textures and stuff like that so one other thing is a really nice kind of uh, thing you can do in this which is you can pick a camera and pilot it and uh, this camera you can pick to have any kind of camera you want so let's say we have a film camera and we want to change so we have an aperture of 1.4 which is you know quite nice i'll show you what that would mean so if you pick is something quite close. See, it has that kind of depth of field. So if we pick the focus has been here, probably more now. Now just to make a show of me. Focus. See, so focus is here, and then the back is kind of blurry. Or you can pick there, and it's you know foreground becomes quite blurry or out of focus. That actually is not really that much good uh, use to me because you want as much of this to be in focus as possible for line art because if it's a, as a, if it's blurry, then it's uh, it's not going to work as well. I'll show you what I mean in a second. So stop piloting. So the kind of image I went for is something kind of like that. Not exactly. So we switch to Clip Studio. Hello again. You can see a little fair with uh, OBS, and this is the kind of uh, this image I took, uh, and it's there's no kind of depth of field in it. There's no kind. There's no textures. There's no, but there's still there's an awful lot of information. So the thing you're looking for on Clip Studio is under layer properties. Now my setup is going to be different from yours because it's not the standard setup, but it'll be there somewhere under layer properties. And you're looking for this kind of circle, a full circle intersecting. Um, an empty circle and it's called extract line so you click on that and you can see pretty much straight away 
that it turns it into line art. Now, it's not great. Um, it's not terrible either. It's very similar to the threshold, quiet fun, to the threshold function in Photoshop, which is what most of the actual the manga guys do who I've been kind of stealing this idea from. This idea for, came from Inyo Asano, who has used his Unreal Engine to do the backgrounds of his new comic, Dead Dead Demons, da, 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 Destruction. Previous to that, he was doing just photos and he was, you know, kind of rendering them out and then doing, drawing over them which an awful lot of the manga guys do to have this kind of art, their assistance there. But uh, they'll take a photo, pull out all the kind of uh, mid-ground of it, so you just have the, the blacks and the, you know, the highlights of the line, and then draw over it, or you know, put texture in it, like cross-hatching or screen tones or something like that. So it still has a kind of a very photorealistic feel. But um, what I wanted is a photorealistic kind of backgrounds, but with cartoony characters, not very stylized cartoony characters, but you know, it's not, I'm not going for a photorealistic uh, human form. And that's the thing that I really like about some manga and a couple of other kind of um, European comics as well, where they'll have these really intense kind of backgrounds. Ten Ten is a bit like that, where they have these really detailed backgrounds, really good. See, it's not quite photorealistic, but they're really detailed, real backgrounds with these kind of strange character, uh, you know, cartoon characters. So that's kind of my uh, idea about it. So when they're doing it, they usually do it with the threshold function, or at least on YouTube, I see them doing it with the threshold function in Photoshop. But Clip Studio has its own kind of uh, version of it, which is this extract line. So when I start with this type of thing, I just pull down the threshold of edge just down to zero. So just that I'm working on one parameter, a parameter uh, at a time. And see, when you pull this up, you start getting into, you know, the black start getting filled in a wee bit more. So there, and that's probably a bit too much black. But uh, the correction line width will add more detail, which it's not actually what I want. Well, it's not what I want, but it might be what you want. That just looks like a badly rendered photo now at this point. And the threshold of edge will simplify kind of some of the stuff down. So that's not too bad, but I think for me, there's um, a bit too much uh, black in it, and you can kind of, you're kind of losing. So like, you're not looking for a total drawing, because you're going to redraw over this, either using this as pencils, or you're going to use it as, um, what can we call it, as, uh, you know, the, the render thing as well. So you'd be filling in the blacks here and you'd be filling in the different uh, bits and pieces of, like, hold on, I will show you. See, I have the, 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 this kind of stuff where I have pre-rendered out some cross-hatching. So I can just grab that. And throw it in now. Obviously, it's terrible. This is all very rushed. Who knows every video people do on YouTube about uh, artwork? So you can do much better at home. But it's true. You know, so you can put in your own kind of texture or whatever, so that you're not drawing it each and every time. And then you just have to delete out the um, bits that you don't want. Anyway, you get the idea. Um, so yeah, that's it. I have a final one that I've done. If I can just drag it up. Um, cool. Yeah, so this is what I've done on, uh, I have this post on uh, Facebook. And as you can see, it has a bit more of a cartoony feel than the uh, original kind of photo did that we have in um, 
we just go back to to uh, Clip Studio. So yeah, that's what I've been at. Um, hopefully this video recorded. I can't imagine I'll do this a third time. So anyway, good people of the internet. I'll be doing more art videos like this. Only hopefully they won't be as amateurish and uh, as a. Uh, terrible as this one is but hopefully you enjoyed it in some way and it might interest some of you i know it will interest some of you actually because you've been talking to me on various different social medias about how it has been interesting to you so until tomorrow good people of the internet may your best days be ahead and be well yeah.